0: If you love me, please don't judge me, got my hands tied, the powers above me, don't shoot the messenger, I'm just a puppet here, if you want to place blame, then look to the puppeteer, family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, Welcome
1: back to the We Was Privileged Podcast, I'm your host Brandon
0: I'm your other host Chanel
1: And we are excited to be back because We're so happy Succession is back
0: It's back, it's Succession Sundays are in full effect
1: I absolutely adore this show
0: Adore is a crazy word for this particular show
1: Yeah, I adore this show This show The writing on this show Is kind of Unmatched writing Like just the dialogue That is in this show I, I mean, I don't really think There's anything else on TV Quite like it Like every Every character's words Like is if I close my eyes Or and not even close my eyes If you just wrote down the lines for every character, and didn't tell me who said them. I could tell you who said them because everyone's lines always fits their characters to a T. It's just like the perfect uh, writing. What What you think about the first episode?
0: I I don't. It's funny because I've been watching so much. Like I like I um. I don't know if I ever told you we never talked about this, but I never watched actually sat down and watched John Wick. So I watched all of the first three this weekend and then watch succession so i was like okay this is a different pace you know i was like i was trying to remind myself that action here happens in the dialogue um and it just it felt you know i felt it felt comfortable it felt like we never left you know i felt really good about about being back with these kids um i am stressed about some things but i feel like they smoothed, they guided us into it smoothly like like you said all the characters are still who they are we've advanced in time but like everything makes sense and you truly don't know what's going to happen but part of you is like I've been knowing these people now for three years I have a good idea of what mistakes they're going to make but maybe they'll surprise me because there's always a twist that you literally cannot see coming Like, and usually it's Kendall doing the twisting so we'll see
1: yeah I don't know I well so Jesse Armstrong did an interview not too long ago mm-hmm. and he basically said like The show is called Succession. I feel like I'd be cheating the listeners if a succession didn't take place. So he basically all but confirms that at some point this season, there is going to be a successor to Logan uh, in this world. And so I'm really interested to see, you know, how to get to that point, because I was watching some other interviews and like, I know Sarah Snook, she said that she didn't know this was going to be the last season until she basically got the script to, like, the end of the season. Like, even, when even like, the scripts of, like, the first few episodes, like, they didn't know, like, this was going to be the last season until they basically got, like, the last couple episodes, and they were like, oh, this is really the end of this season, which says to me that I think there's probably going to be some type of spinoff or some spinoff from this show, because, one, it's way too successful. It's just like a, it's just a cash cow for HBO. It's blown up into, like, this big, uh, you know, cultural thing i mean it's not game of thrones but it's probably the closest thing they have to that now um so i mean it's blown up so like and people love the characters depending on how they end this they could spin off any number of characters on this show uh to do it
0: yeah i sent you a clip of uh brian saying that greg would be the best spinoff because we could just follow an idiot around living his life and i'm like that like i think people vote for the greg of it all but we'll see
1: well i think i think that would work but i think here's the thing with this show this show is more i mean it's funny it's like a dark comedy but it's it's more of like a tragedy it's like (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's very dark it's very like it's it's funny it's a very funny show but it's almost more dark than comedy to me like it's such a dark show
0: and I think so- it's like when you're that rich you just amplify the absurdity of people and it's like they're so absurd but they're so rich that they can turn, they can make us feel like something's wrong with us but like they're actually the craziest like there's something so um, so like I don't know like valid about it that that's what makes it funny because you're like oh my god like there's something here that Like this is because you're like this is writing, but this is also very much how people have to be. Like there's no way this is not how they are. Um, So it just yeah, it's just good.
1: Well, I was gonna say I don't know. The only thing about the Greg show is the comedy would be there, but Greg is the brightest character in this show. Like he has the most light, and so it it would be kind of a it would be kind of a it would be kind of a stark change if you just did a show as as him as the main character not that it wouldn't be good but it would just be so different because like every other character on the show is also funny but like really dark like shiv's like you could like there's so much fucked up about shiv Mm -hmm. it's so much sucked up about roman and i mean we all know how fucked up kendall is logan is super fucked up (laughs) like they're all like everyone else is like funny but also super dark and greg's just like This bumbling idiot, like Columbo character, that like stumbles his way into like success by being, but presenting as an idiot, which I actually would like to see like Greg Columbo. That would be kind of great.
0: Yeah, but but the thing is, I really fuck with Columbo. So it's like, is he, he's, I get what you're saying, but Columbo was actually the smartest man in the room. But you're right. Like he, but the thing about Greg is like, Greg doesn't, either Greg has been one, like you said before on the preview episode on this for years or at some point he like or at some point it's just gonna click for him like wait a minute I'm in the winner circle without doing anything and then he'll kind of realize that he already has the capital he needs because but either way like I think either way that's a good a good way to write that character is somebody who doesn't matter he's gonna win in the end um because he was in the right place at the right time but I think I think you're right like it wouldn't be the same show and I almost feel like these stories are, this story has been so well written that I could even see a spinoff that's almost like another family in this, in the same universe or a different universe. Like, I just, I see this story being told in different ways with slightly different characters, or I see, I do see them ending it too, because when you think about it, where are we gonna go with Tom? Like, what is Tom gonna do beyond this divorce and this stuff that's gonna be like compelling? Whereas, you know, like, what is the, do we really wanna see Siobhan do Politics work. I don't know. Like that's a different show. You know what I'm saying? So I think you're right. Like it doesn't give us a There's so many spinoffs that could happen, but it doesn't give us a clear, like, oh, this is the this is the friend of that's going to get the bump up because everyone's paths and stories have been so clearly defined. You know what I'm saying? It's like what story do they even have to tell yet? So that's like a that's actually a compliment to them. There's no like clear underdeveloped character that should get a spinoff.
1: Also, you mentioned Colombo. There is this theory, like on Reddit and like on Mm. Twitter, that Greg is is the mastermind. Like he is, like he is the mastermind behind all this. But I I still don't buy that. Like I don't like this episode. Yeah, get into it. But he's an idiot. He's an idiot. Like I cannot buy into that theory that he's some mastermind. It's just plain dumb. There's no yeah. way I can get behind it. I love it though. Point. I love
0: people having that level of faith and things and real and thinking he's that. The only the closest to Columbo, this is a side note, is have you seen Poker Face?
1: No, what's that?
0: It's a new show on Peacock. Uh, it's like Natasha Leon from uh Orange is the new black. She's basically like a modern day Columbo, and it's very good, and there's a lot of like diverse casting in the show. So highly recommend anyone to watch it because, like, um, like a lot of people, a lot of good actors were in it, like for a half second. Um, so anyway, she—that's like it's literally like a 2023 Columbo. She okay. can tell when people are lying, and that's the whole thing. So, Adrian Brody's in the in the pilot, actually. Now that I think about it, and Lou Diamond Phillips in the whole series.
1: Before we get into the review, and before oh, you, you don't play care. your,
0: <laughs> you're no, like okay. Anyway,
1: okay. you know <laughs> no before we before you play your recap. I did want to ask you a question, so because we need to be on the record for this on episode mm-hmm. one. Before we even start the recap of episode oh, one, we wow. need to be on okay. the record for this. So I need to know, Chanel, who is going to succeed Logan Roy?
0: I'll tell you who it should be. It should be Roman. I'm a stand on that. It should be Roman. Who it okay. might be. It might be Shiv. Okay. It probably won't be. But who are it you going? Who
1: are you picking?
0: I mean, I'm gonna vote for just I'm gonna say this is not gonna be the right answer because it should be the right answer. It should be Roman. It's not gonna be Roman though, but it should be. So I'm just gonna say Roman. What about you? Okay.
1: I think that it's going to be. I was leaning towards Tom and He's kind of in a tough place, which we'll get into, but I'm going to go with Tom. I'm going to go with Tom, mm. and I don't think it's going to be any of the kids, and I'll go to why when we get into the show. Um, yeah, fair
0: enough. But
1: I'm leaning towards Tom at this point, but-
0: It's not a bad guess. Tom is I'm kind of. Right moves.
1: There's something to happen in this show that scares me with that. Okay, but anyway- I, Yeah, Tom is up. We, Let's go. Before- uh, before we go into uh the review, uh Chanel, there was a really it was a recap of the first three seasons to get us ready for season four uh that aired on uh right before the show started on HBO. And so Chanel wants to play that recap just to refresh everyone's memories uh on what happened leading us up to this moment. Yes, let
0: me know if you can hear. Are you saying you can't
2: hear or are you shaking your head? Keeps a watchful eye over every inch of his empire. I have with me today copies of records that show his personal sign-off. This is the day his reign ends.
3: This is like OJ, except if OJ never killed anyone. Who said I never killed anyone?
2: Ken, you fucked the family. Or I saved the family or do you not actually give a fuck? And it's all just ego.
4: Fuck
3: the patriarchy!
2: You know how it is. Families. Well, you work for the shareholders. I don't like betting on blood feuds. Fine, I'll step back as CEO. I'll be pulling the strings, right? Stick with me, Roman.
4: I'm an incredibly dangerous enemy. Well, don't threaten me, Jerry. I don't have time
2: to jerk off. I put Jerry in, but I can't trust it. I need you.
1: I'm Siobhan Roy, Waystar's new president of Domestic Operations.
2: My sister's making moves. I can't
3: just watch it happen.
2: Waystar
0: Royko, nothing could be as brutal as the open letter his own sister released.
3: The
4: FBI is downstairs. This is a search warrant.
3: There will probably need to be a face behind bars. I'll step up and go down. My case is fine.
0: This isn't a slam dunk here.
3: So you're saying the papers are
2: bullshit? They
0: lack some of the explosiveness it was suggested they might have. The word
4: is Kendall overpromised.
3: Uh, no prison.
4: Nope, we don't think so.
3: To justice. To justice. 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 The next president of the United States
2: is in this very room. He is and he's hard as a (laughs) rock. Will you make
3: me the most bulletproof candidate in the world?
0: Fuck it!
4: You're not good enough for me, but you want me anyway. Even though I don't love you.
2: Fuck you. I'm not a good person. I killed a kid. Uh, is this room? At your wedding.
0: What? One waiter down, that makes sense. I mean, who's the real victim here? I waited three quarters of an hour for a gin and tonic. We are in discussions to acquire Gojo. Welcome.
4: Gojo's market cap has overtaken ours.
0: So I make sense as the person to take over.
1: So we go see him and we tell him we just won't have it, right?
3: Things may be in motion. Do you want a deal with the devil? What am I going to do with a soul, anyways? Can we even actually
2: stop him? We push him out. Full coup. You can handle this? Been basically planning it since we were four. What's all this then?
0: You need a supermajority and we can kill it. I have you beat!
2: Do not do this, please.
3: You can trust me. You can't trust him. Oh, fuck off. You nosy fucking pedestrians.
0: Who told him that we were coming?
1: there you have it all right so yeah i mean that got that was a good review recap of all the important parts um all right so let's get into this review season four episode one of succession the monsters uh which is fantastic tv show by the way i think uh I think that's before your time. You're a little too young. I'm to aware the of the
0: monsters. Hon. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't a have a black young. and white TV, but I'm aware of anyway. Um, yeah. He okay. So it starts with the kids, but I just want to real quick talk about how it, this all happens on Logan's birthday, and um, I knew you were like I knew I could imagine you laughing as he walked through the party and was just annoyed that everyone was there. Like that part, I was like, this is so like you said, so quintessential, um, but so going back they the kids are together they're in a beautiful house by the way well the hold house. on
1: hold on hold on let's how do you want to do this because i was going to say we talk about the party and then we talk about the kids sure let's do that or or we talk about the kids into the party but break it down into scenes like we did for house of the dragon yeah party's fine does that make sense mm-hmm. you sure yeah oh, okay cool cool we're doing some art we know we don't we don't test this out because we got to be legit uh so you want to do the party first and then the kids?
0: Yeah, cuz basically okay. I feel like, you know, starting with Logan, we see him in like one of those penthouses he lives in and there's so many people there and Carrie's there by the way. So Carrie got on my nerves today, but only because I don't have time to root for her. Like I'm already involved with these three kids. I don't have time to think about where she fits into the whole thing. Um but yeah, so Carrie's there and you wonder what the occasion is cuz Connor's there. Tom's there, and then he realizes it's his birthday, and he is so annoyed about this party and about the people there to celebrate him.
1: Yeah, but this is a really good callback to the first episode, because the first episode of the series was his birthday, um, but it was way different because his kids were there. And so, you know, he was still ornery, but he wasn't like this. Like, from the moment he walked in there, you knew there was something wrong with Logan, like, he's a, I mean, he's always an angry, like, ornery, just, like, angry, like, messed up person. But, like, usually there's, like, a energy to him, right? Like, there's an energy to yeah. Logan Roy. There was no energy here. It was just like, oh, fuck. Like, what are these people doing in my goddamn house? Like, I don't he want to comes in.
0: Here. Connor goes, hey, Pop. And he doesn't even stop and hug him. He's just like, hey. I was like, is it really his birthday? Because there was no, and in- like he does have a child there, but he does not have the children he wants there, which is all, which is a whole nother level of trauma. Um, but yeah, that he's, there's definitely something missing. I'll cut to one part later because I think it relates exactly what you're saying. So the kids never make it to his party. Um, and Carrie, who again is a friend assistant advisor, is what she tells somebody her job title is, which again. Yes, um, yeah. So she,
1: She's over there talking to, to Logan and then they see Greg uh come in with a girl. <laughs> Wait,
0: sorry, before you get there, I just want to say there's a part where Carrie just to go to your point, there's a part where Carrie calls the kids and asks them if they'll call Logan. And yeah, that's then- way later. Right, right, right. But I'm saying they say no. And she's like, well, maybe I could get him to text you to ask him to call you. Like, there's so he really does want them there, but we, but he doesn't really admit it until like halfway quarter through. Um, I just yeah. want to, add well, to he's point. still
1: he never, well, he'll never admit it, mm-hmm. but Carrie could tell. Carrie could right. tell, yeah. And then later on, uh, like we'll get to it, but he does something else where it was clearly obvious that he missed the kids, yeah. Um, but yeah, like but Carrie's Greg talking comes to in. Yeah, Carrie's talking to Greg and I mean and Carrie's talking to Logan and Greg goes I mean Logan goes what the fuck is that like walking in with Greg and Carrie walks over there and kind of small talks her to get Greg away from him and she's basically like dog like you know who your uncle is and what we're trying to do and you're just bringing randoms to a fucking his birthday party like this is not a pre-fuck party is what she said this is Logan's birthday party like this is some serious shit and Greg's like well, actually, I think I'm starting to feel for her, and I'm an honorary son, and so I get a yeah. fucking plus one. And I was like, "Look at the balls on fucking Greg talking back to Carrie."
0: Yeah, good for him. But also knowing Greg, he could have just met this girl yesterday. Like we do not know just because he says he's falling for her means nothing. Like I, we genuinely she. And then the crazy, what made me so mad was she was random. Like she did, she wasn't like normal the whole party. She did, in fact, create issues at the party. So um, the fact that, like, I thought they were kind of being hard on him and she weirded me out with every interaction.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was that was really weird. Uh, but here's the thing, Greg, you know, last season he had that thing with Comfy. Was, wasn't that her name? Com- I think her name was Comfy. He had the thing with Comfy. The and Yeah, the assistant. And so now he's feeling himself. So... He Mm -hmm. thinks that, like, I'm the shit. Like, I got a little bit of money in my pocket. You know, I I screwed the kids over, which got me some favor with Logan. So I'm sure he got a raise or some type of promotion or something out of it. Uh, uh, Yeah, he did. Because remember last season he had that meeting with Logan? When he was trying to play his hand, like, "Hey, I want to, I want to be in charge of parks or some shit like that. If I do, if I go with go with you or something like that, so I'm pretty sure he got a nice little promotion. He's probably making, you know, mid six figures now, high mid six figures, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year. He's probably, you know, swimming in it a little bit. So he's starting to feel himself, even though he's completely an idiot still.
0: Right. We'll get to it later, but it also like it is giving that he's Tom's wingman so he's getting like the leftover women that Tom doesn't want while Tom is crawling the city like I can also make that story up in my head because I assume they're both out there just kind of on some other stuff now that Tom is uh separated which we find out in a couple minutes um but yeah so they're so they're at this party the girl oh let's finish talking about the girl. So. Carrie's concern was that the girl was going to be a um, like, she's like a reporter or something, which is a a valid concern. Like she could be there to do all kinds of stuff. But so I got nervous when um, Greg is talking to Connor and Willa and it's a great scene. It was in the trailer where Connor's saying he's worried about being squeezed down from 1% into decimals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's really concerned about that. And so then um, the girl's like asking him questions about, the campaign and that made me nervous. But it turns out she was just Just curious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like and curious in a way that clearly that was too genuine. It was too genuine for this party because she's asking questions and it made me suspicious. So nobody here actually cares about what's going on with each other. Um later they have this moment where they keep talking about how she's gonna have to be kicked out. And uh no Tom comes to Greg and tells him that she's like committing all kind of social social like uh faux pas and he asks what and they they show her purse and tom says that her purse what did he say i need to pull this up it is such a this is like such a level of writing and a level of research to be able to show how this woman's handbag is does not makes her stand out from this party
1: yeah okay so while you're getting that scene i do want to talk about um so Connor being at one percent, right? Uh actually, I mean it's it's played as stupid. Like, oh, look at this fucking moron talking about one percent. But like it's actually kind of serious because he one <laughs> percent in a close election can matter. And what would happen in real life is that the both, if it's someone that's like a middle candidate, right? Like if it's someone that's like like when 2016 when you had uh Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, right? They got about three percent of the vote. Like that three percent could have made a difference in that in that vote for Hillary Clinton, right? And so, mm-hmm. but both of those candidates weren't really like middle candidates, like one right. was a libertarian, one was like a green party. But if there was like a middle candidate that was actually getting one two percent they the other two parties would be forced to bring them to the table to basically say hey you mm-hmm. know it's six, it's four months out for an election it's three months out for an election it's two months out for an election i need you to make a i need you to drop out the race i'm going to give you x y and z i'm going to give you this cabinet position i'm going to give you this thing or this thing that you want or that thing that you want and then you endorse me so your one percent could come to my side right so yeah. like having a stable one 1% does kind of matter in a way that they play it as stupid, but yeah. I think they're going to play it as it actually matters in this show. Uh, because, you know, uh Shiv mentions the other candidate, Heminis, who's the democratic candidate. And she mentioned that they talked to her about working on the campaign. Uh, and she, she seems to care about making the Nazi running. So, I think they're going to play it as like this close election. I think there's going to be a running thread uh, throughout throughout yeah, the show.
0: A, I think that's a good um, a good estimate of what's to come. A good prediction, um, especially because uh, one thing I just want to clarify is Hillary did win the uh, the what's it called? Why am I missing every word? The popular vote. I was going to say the common vote. What's wrong? With okay, do you want me to play that part real quick because that also goes into Tom? Yeah. If I am mute, can you still hear the sound? Yes. Okay. So, okay, here we go.
3: Nice, what, what are you at now?
2: Solid, still holding.
1: Yeah, one percent.
2: It's just the fear is, in these last days, uh, it could get squeezed. Squeezed down mm-hmm. from one, because that's the lowest number uh, No, possible. there's you know, decimals. You know, they're, they're saying that I could need to get aggressive in certain media markets because both sides are trying to squeeze my percent.
1: That's greedy when they have all the other percents? I well,
2: know. But then, it gets awfully spendy to get aggressive. Like how much? Like uh, another hundred mil. One hundred million. Damn. Wow. I mean, and, and so what would you get for that? I mean, could you win?
4: <laughs> good, good lord, no. M-
2: no, no. Uh, that won't move the needle. No. Uh, the hope is that would maintain maintain my percent.
4: Okay. And for your percent, you
2: get he gets a place in the conversation.
3: Which is great, because conversation's important to mm-hmm. be inside of. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a lot, right, Will?
2: A hundred million.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you spent it, you still be, you know, like rich. Oh
1: sure, sure,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nevertheless, like minus
1: a hundred million. Now that card. Part... This new venture with
3: Gojo, and if you talk to Matson consider
0: it. Ray. Thank okay, you. I do yes, want to play this part too. Somebody's talking to Logan and Grit and so. Tom walks up and he stops talking about Bojo. Looks good. You squared
3: away on this? Yeah, got the structure, got the landing zone. Okay. Naomi thinks that has lost all interest in the business. The left are going after them now. Oh, savages eat their own Yeah. The cousins won out, so I think a, a last push on price, maybe a little tummy tickle on culture, and uh Yeah, Naomi's flown out to reassure. Ah. Yeah, so this is it. You landed the plane, Logan. 48 hours and out. Congratulations.
2: (laughs) Have you heard from the uh, rats?
3: Shiv. No. Good. One thing has been on my mind, though, sir. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. With one thing and another, and you know,
0: I love this. I'm sure we'll
3: iron it all out. But the rocky old road of life, um, and the wife part of that, can be a difficult part of it, as you know. (laughs) Not to comment, just to say, just to say, it would be great to get your take. You know, hopefully we'll come to that, but. In the end, if there is just too much emotional um, shrapnel, I, I, I wondered what your view would be. Not that you necessarily need to have one, but what would happen were a marriage such as mine, and, you know, even in fact, mine, uh, if that were to falter to the point of failure? If you and Shiv were to bust up. Right. I guess, you know, Shiv and I have. I've had this experiment this trial separation but but whatever happens you know we'll always be good right if we're
1: good we're good
0: yeah, so we yeah
1: got- okay. Go ahead. that scene with greg and i mean sorry with tom and logan was fantastic for so many reasons Um uh, one first of all the writing is so brilliant because jesse armstrong who's a pretty liberal person but not like crazy liberal was basically talking about one of the biggest one of the biggest reasons why this country is still like in the way that it is is because of conservative media and how powerful it is and there is no liberal counterpart to it like there's no liberal fox news right there's some there's some conservative conservative voters support conservative media so much That they already had Fox News, and then they made OANN, OANNN, and then they made Newsmax, and they all got viewers because they go out and they support that type of uh, show, I mean, type of content. And then on that content, they don't talk, they don't question the Republicans. They don't, um, I need to hold them accountable. I, I need to be the person that holds the Republicans accountable. That's not what they do. They are cheerleaders, and they just tell you everything that they're doing is great, and the other people are enemies. And it cultivates a group of people who don't get any news from other sources, and so they believe that.
0: And everything else is a conspiracy.
1: Everything Anything else is a conspiracy that's not on there, Oof.
0: but there's nothing like that
1: on the left, right? And so Logan has this throwaway line, which was really as a political science major, mm-hmm. it was so important to me because he goes, "Oh, those savages on the left," because Tom goes, "Oh, they were getting pressure from the left." And, and Logan goes, savages, they eat their own, which is actually true. Uh, if you go on Twitter or you go on social media you or look at any message boards or anything like that, the people who question Democrats the most are the left. And the people on the left question Democrats more than they question Republicans. And their excuse is that, well, I expect Republicans to be terrible, so I'm going to hold Democrats accountable, which in a vacuum, I understand But in the world that we live in, the other side doesn't have that, right? And so the other side is just like, yeah, we're all on board. Those guys are the enemies. And then the left is like, those guys are the enemies, but y'all kind of enemies too. And then it creates this cycle of like messing things up, right? So I thought that was like a really cool line that Mm
0: -hmm. Jesse
1: Armstead threw in there because I was like, that is a really good line. But ultimately, this is what I was mentioning to you uh, when I was telling you that I was I'm kind of on time, but I'm not on time because Logan in so many ways throughout this episode, how many times did Logan say, Hey Tom, call Shiv. Hey Tom, call Shiv. You need to call your wife. Mm -hmm. get your wife on the phone or in this scene, have you heard from the rats? And he's like, who Shiv? It, it almost seems like Logan keeps Tom around as like this filter to get to Shiv, right? It's like, you are useful as long as I can get to Shiv. And if Tom and Shiv were to break apart, eventually he's not going to have that in the Shiv anymore and Logan's going fi- to not find use in him anymore. And so I think Tom's going to have to work on trying to get fix things with Shiv if he wants to keep his position with Logan, even though Shiv and Logan or not, or on the opposite sides, that's still his daughter, and he obviously still feels some type of way. Did you take yeah.
0: that? The, yeah, the only the only thing about that, though, is that Tom has sacrificed himself multiple times. Like, whenever there's a chance he sees, he's tried to make himself indispensable outside of being married to her. So, like, with, like as we saw in the recap, being the face to go to jail, prepa- the, how he was looking at jail catalogs, <laughs> preparing Hell for yeah. his stay in jail um and then also like uh I mean the stuff that he did with the kids so but does that mean that Logan would be loyal to him absolutely not because if you notice um he asked if we're good and Logan says if we're good then we're good meaning if we're bad we're not good and Tom takes what he can with that but I he he shouldn't have um but at the same time like if we want to humanize Tom a little bit he is not in a happy marriage. And for all his flaws, he genuinely loved and was committed to, sh- to Shiv. So if she, if she never felt that way about him, and then when he did something for himself to step out of it, she can't, she doesn't respect him for it and she can't forgive him for it. So um, yeah, I don't, I think that he's really stuck either way, like to the point where he has to put go all in with Logan or else like, what does he have to, to what does he have to gain from this besides, you know, divorcing out losing his job eventually because no one's going to want him around and uh yeah i mean you know he's he's as he has experience but he seems to not have done anything when we think about projects he's actually managed you know he's he they dumped parks on him when those scandals about parks were about to come out we never saw him do any real work with that like he's been moved around but we haven't seen him be effective so that's why i say the only person who actually gets work done on this show is Roman and Jerry. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I have the same with that,
1: but I think Tom knows this because he's kind of played both sides slyly in his episode because he For calls sure. Shiv. we'll talk about it when we get to the kids section, but he calls Shiv and he basically says, hey, I had a date with Naomi Pierce, but he says it in a different way. But if Shiv was smart, she would realize like, what the fuck he's trying to do. And then, like, later on in the episode, when they're talking on speakerphone, he's like, hey, can I just talk to you? And he's, like, trying to, he's, like, slipping things, like, slyly so anybody else doesn't get it. So he's kind of playing both sides, because I think he realizes that he has to. But that leads me to the best couple But I also on think TV. he feels
0: bad for what he did, but there's no making up for it, because Schwann's not that type of person to, like, actually... She's not. She was never actually in a relationship to begin with. So him standing up for himself in a way that hurt her is unforgivable. Um, so you could tell he genuinely like regrets it. I don't know if he feels
1: bad. I think we'll talk about it when we get to the okay. end because that's when all that happens with Tom and Shiv. But yeah, uh, do you have the scene with Greg and Tom?
0: Sure. Um, this is the, wait. You mean this? Oh, this was the purse scene. So I'm going to play two Yeah, Greg and, that's what okay, I'm talking Greg. about. Yep. Okay, here we go.
3: So I hear you've made an enormous faux pas and everyone's laughing up their sleeves about your date. What? Why? Why? Because she's brought a ludicrously capacious bag. What? What's even in there, huh? Flat shoes for the subway? Her lunch pail? I mean, Greg, it's monstrous. It's gargantuan. You could take it camping. You could slide it across the floor after a bank job. Well, whatever. She's another tick (laughs) on the chart. The disgusting brothers. Don't. Don't call us that. Don't. It's heavily ironized, Greg. Okay? okay, I'm kidding. I really do like her. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, she's used all the display towels in the bathroom, and now they're sopping wet. She's <laughs> gabbling about herself and posting on social media. She's asking people personal questions, and uh, and she's wolfing all the canapes like a famished warthog. People are overreacting okay she brought a normal sort of handbag you are a laughing stock in polite society you will never go to the opera again maybe we should go oh are you okay what what happened
0: nothing i just asked logan for a selfie
1: (laughs) (laughs) of all the things to do
0: she's not reading the room but also like she's she's us she's us she's us actually eating the fifty thousand dollars worth of catering. She's us like actually bringing a purse where you do need flats for the subway because you can't afford a black car in New York. Like she's a regular purse. Now the the display towels. If there's napkins, that doesn't make any sense to me. But the fact that they, they said the towel is stopping wet. Like everything Tom just did is ridiculous and over the top, but probably accurate. It's probably so accurate to how what's really happening in that in that party.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought that scene was, they're the best couple on TV, uh, Greg and Tom, and every scene they have is, I like, every scene they have is not just like, oh, that's a good scene. Like, every scene they ever have together is fantastic. Like, their chemistry is just off the chain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I, I, like, I hope we get more of that this season.
0: The best couple on TV might be uh, Portia and Giselle and Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip 3, but I get what you're saying
1: here we go with the close, TV.
0: okay so i i don't want to keep playing some like there's a lot of good dialogue at this party by the way like there's more dialogue here i think than like we can summarize the rest but this is hard to encapsulate yeah i got so the
1: summary
0: i want to bring part two of disgusting brothers up though
1: okay well before we get there uh there's some other things to happen some well some some big things that happened before then do you want to uh,
0: can we run what, so you don't want to talk about the girl and what round girl? her out the story about the girl and round her out with with oh no I was going to
1: get to that at the end I was going to okay, kind of cool. go through no worries. what I was going to do is like how we did House of the Dragon where we go through the scene uh like the different scenes from start to beginning and then go to the other scene like we would do like oh we're in Westeros I mean we're in Westeros and then mm-hmm. we're in this place yeah. uh if that, but if that's the, if that's cool
0: sure I just wanted to finish because I feel like the after the purse part Basically, this girl overstays her welcome, um, and I just think. Well, there's a
1: big thing that happens in between there. Mm,
0: okay, let's talk about that because I forgot what it
1: is. So okay, so before then, before all that, before we get to Craig, uh, Tom, and Greg again, Logan is fucking miserable. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and he asks Carrie, "Why is everyone so happy here?" And, she, like, look, and she's like, uh, "And what, she's Like what?'" And then Logan. Basically, just like I'm, uh, they start singing "Happy Birthday," and I've never seen a man look so miserable Mm -hmm. at a party in my entire life. And he basically just walks away. Mm -hmm. Say, says, "Hey, Colin, let's get the fuck out of here," and just leaves with Colin. And
0: goes to a diner.
1: Yes, this was my favorite scene of the episode. Was Logan in this restaurant, and he was so different. He was like a completely different person. It was like Brian Cox had to play another like an alternate earth logan in this restaurant because he's like it's like he's in this comfort zone like colin is just like puts him in a space it's like his safe space colin's like his safe space and he's in there talking to colin and he's just like colin you know you're a good guy you're you're my pal you're my best pal i'm like what he's i thought he's your bodyguard he's your best friend and Colin no one word. And Colin's so, like, first of all, Colin just does his job, right? That's all he does is just does his job. He's very robotic with it. But he's also, like, doesn't know how to respond to this. So, like, all of his answers are just one-word answers. Like, yeah, okay, thank you. Like, it's just nodding. Just, like, just not sure, like, what the fuck to say here. And then out of nowhere, Logan goes, do you think there's something after all this? And I'm like, yo, is he thinking about his mortality? Like, what are they trying to hit that he's going to die at the end? Like, what is this scene? Because this is so unlike any scene we've seen with Logan in three years, honestly. Like, the closest to this was, like, the, the, the closest to this was, like, the therapy session when they had the family therapy. And even then, he was still, like, Logan, Roy, you know, super, like, manly, I got to get this off. This one was just, like hey, man, they got me at this party. They got all this bullshit. He starts talking about how people was just markets and they're just, you know, just all these different metaphors about people. And he's just like, yeah, he's essentially saying like, yeah, I've done all this bullshit, but like, like, what's next? Like, what am I doing here? And then he goes like, I have my theories about if there's something after, but who the fuck knows? And I thought, like, what'd you think about that scene? Because I thought that scene was so fascinating to see.
0: I like your interpretation of it because I didn't think I didn't think that deep about it. So I think what you're saying um makes a lot of sense uh that he's having a moment. I think it probably like if we could make up a narrative deciding that he does have a heart in some somewhere deep down, then yeah, he's upset that his kids aren't there. He's thinking about like not just succession of the company but like big picture like like what is, I think that you know you get to that point where you're like at some point he has to be honest with the fact that he's not happy. Like nothing in his life is making him happy. Like the marriage is done. All the marriages have been done. Like Carrie's not there for forever. Like his kids aren't around him. And that's a sobering thing when you're older, you've had health issues, um, but he won't let up. Like he's his own worst enemy. Um, And the other thing I think is interesting is Colin doesn't say much because Colin knows that if he gets too comfortable or gets too happy in the moment Colin can still be out of here like nobody in that like one mm-hmm. thing I caught even in the recap was him talking about Jerry and how he doesn't trust Jerry and it's like there's no reason not to trust Jerry Jerry was about to get fired for Roman harassing her but so no one's really safe and that's why he doesn't have friends and that's why he doesn't have faith in the afterlife whatever he the reality of what he was asking is and him talking about people in markets like it was just like i was like this is very this it was very raw it was probably the most like you said it's the most honest he's gotten uh
1: you said said earlier that like roman's the only person well other than logan who's like actually done anything or got does their job yeah colin is the one who always does his job there's we've never seen a scene where colin didn't come through for logan or whatever he was asked to do Mm -hmm. he gets it done and I think, I think there's a respect there that Logan doesn't have for anyone else in this circle because they all just seem like fuck-ups or wanting something from him. And it, it it just seems like Colin is just there to do his job and get paid.
0: Yeah, I want to say something about that, though, because Logan doesn't set anyone up for success either. Like, he doesn't train his kids <laughs> well, no. and mentor them and spend time with them so they can take over. He just expects them to go to have gotten this stuff somehow from like the schools he sent them to her from their mother or whoever he just expects it to come when he got it from the work and he got it from whatever he did to get there so that's definitely a too high of expectation and then the other thing too is like with even with tom or whatever he's asking people to manipulate others but the reality is that logan logan doesn't like influence people in a way where like they're like oh this makes sense this is on the same like we're on the same thing he tricks them almost or like he just or he brute forces them so again that's why he's setting people up because because you're not like you're not willing to art to be flexible in price for example later on that doesn't mean that tom messed it up that doesn't mean anyone messed it up but you like you didn't do like you're not on the ball or whatever it is whatever the outcome is um, so yeah, I think I think you're right that nobody can do it, but Colin gets asked to do concrete things that he can do, and that helps too. But it's also because Co- Colin is never in line for succession. so he's able to like mm-hmm. trust him and give him that. So yeah,' I, I mean it's a, I'm sure this scene will be very meaningful later, but in the moment, I was just like trying to absorb
1: so after that, uh, in between the next scene where you were talking to get to, uh Connor, they go back to Connor. And Connor's like on, like I don't know, like if he like sniffs some coke or something, but he comes back to Willa and mm-hmm. he goes, "Hey, I know we had this plan to get married on a boat, mm-hmm. but what if we got married under the Statue of Liberty?" But this, <laughs> I wrote down what else he said. Please, he said, what if we got married under the Statue of Liberty with a brass band playing instrumental? Okay, he for if, a if he rapper, stopped there,
0: wait, hold up, if he stopped there, decent. It just keeps getting worse.
1: But then he said, "For with a rapper, and then what if we had jetpacks and bum fights?" <laughs> what is that? What kind of what
0: is that? I can't he, even imagine. That. He's he's tried to appeal to every demographic in America. <laughs> he, That is insane.
1: But his whole thing is like it was the Trump thing in real life where like Trump didn't have to pay for all these campaign ads like other candidates did in the past because he got so much free media because the news and every channel, every late night show, all he did was just carry all of his, all of his rallies and everything and share everything that he ever said. And so he didn't have to pay for any media. And So Connor's basically like, hey, we need to like, I'm not trying to spend this other 100 mil. So if we do like this crazy fucking wedding that forced the media to come cover it, that'll get us back into the news cycle, where I can get some free media and I don't have to pay for this shit. Mm-hmm. And so I see where he's coming from from a political standpoint, but that is a ridiculous ass wedding. If it, so, it if your husband to be asks you that, Chanel, would you be like?
0: Where I mean, already? you're trying to
1: run for president. I mean, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, that's with not gonna it. Worry. I'm
0: not trying to be a first lady. There, because because I'll I be cussing people out. I will embarrass the country. So don't. Don't put me in that position. Um, but I do think that like, you know, going back to kind of the original proposal of it all, what did he say? He said, make me the most bulletproof candidate in America. Like what he might care about Willa, but like neither one of them really would be together if they felt like they had a different option, you know? So I I, I don't, I think what was more sad for me is like Willa didn't want to marry him. And eventually was like, you know what? I'm not gonna do any better than this, let's go for it. And then he's even taking away from her like the ability to have like a rational wedding. So that kind of made me mad. Like I I Connor cracks me up, but I was just like, this is this girl's one wedding. Maybe she'll get divorced and have another, you know, but like potentially this is her only wedding in life, and you want to have bum fights. It just was completely (laughs) ridiculous.
1: That that was kind of hilarious. I mean it was, but it was ridiculous. And so I don't know if you have this scene, but then this is the next scene is when Greg tells Tom what he yeah, did at the party.
0: Yeah, I mean we have something, we have something here that's gonna be in the cultural, like this is in the zeitgeist now. There's nothing we can do about it. Like Disgusting Brothers is not going anywhere. And so I'm gonna play this scene so that you guys understand that.
3: Hey, 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 hey. Carrie said she knows where he is, he's coming back. What are you smiling for? <laughs> Nothing. What? The disgusting brothers on motherfucking tour. just did it. What do you mean you did it? She's a firecracker, man.
1: She's, She's crunchy peanut, peanut butter. butter. <laughs> Wait, you did it. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Where?
3: We were looking for the uh, <clears throat> the armory. Slash cigar humidor. And she pulled me into a guest bedroom and bingo bongo hit that bangle. You you actually did it? Oh, Greg. (laughs) You're fucked. You're fucked. Logan. He's Cameron up the wazoo, CCTV. Which room? (laughs) Every room, you know that. No, I evidently did not know. Of course, I'm serious. And he watches it back every night with a scotch, seeing if anyone's stolen the butter knife. He's gonna fucking gut you like a rainbow trout. (laughs) Oh, man. Fuck. What did you do? Were the lights on? I mean, did you actually do it? Tell me. Oh. We put our hands down each other's pants. Right? Of a rummage? Did you <laughs> rummage to fruition? Can I not say? Well, you've accidentally made him a sex tape, Greg.
1: I mean... Do, do you think Tom was fucking with Greg? I do you think he was so.
0: Serious? <laughs> I, think, I think Tom was messing with him and I think that, I'm sure there's cameras I don't think it's like cammed up like that and I, I don't think he sits up and watches like Batman at night but i think without when what when i felt like it was a setup was what he said you need to tell him that's when i said oh tom's just out here to mess with him because there's no if if he did do it telling him doesn't make any sense like telling him right here right now and then before he sells and all this stuff like that's what i was like oh no nah, he's messing with him and then greg is dumb enough to, that's how like you said greg is dumb enough to go and confess i'm like you gotta you gotta Come to me with the charges and I'ma still act like I don't know. Didn't do. Den- deny until you die, baby. I'd be like, that is not me on that tape, honey.
1: Then Logan comes in and he calls a meeting. And I that is one of my favorite things of this show, is when Logan finds out some news, and then he's just like, Shiv, Kendall, Carl, Jerry, come on, go to the room. Let's let's strategize. And he does that like three, four times a season, every season and it's all it's something funny always happens every time he calls a meeting like that something funny or like something consequential happens every time he does that which i absolutely love and so
0: the best part was him he was so happy to kick people out he was like y'all gotta go i found something (laughs) else to do y'all gotta get out of here um i do actually think though let's can we start the kids to sync up to the meeting
1: oh yeah 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 uh hold on uh well, there's one more thing before we get to the sure. meeting. Uh, Colin, uh, Logan, uh, Logan. I mean, Greg actually tells Logan what happened.
0: Oh my god! And he goes, He tells him in the midst of Logan figuring out actual stuff about the business, and he's doing that thing where he's like, "Never mind, I can wait." He's like, "Come over here and tell me in the corner."
1: And so he he's recanting what happened with Tom, and he basically says like, "I told Greg, I told Logan what happened. He said I was disgusting." And depraved, but he kind of smiled. And then Colin comes out of nowhere and tells yeah. Greg that, "Hey, yo, your girl got to go." She has about. And, g- and then Craig and then Greg's like, "Well, you know, we all got to do our part, so that's what's got to happen. It's got to happen." And then he's She's like, "Godspeed." <laughs> and he goes, and Colin goes, "She, uh, she was posted on social media, so now I got to go through her phone." And Greg's like. So he was like, you want to come and tell her what's going on? And he was like, ah, no. He was like, he says, Zach where I don't want to see what goes on on Guantanamo, <laughs> which is a fantastic line. This show writing is incredible. That is an, that is an amazing line to say in that moment. Um and so yeah, and then the then the business stuff sucks. So we can sync up with that yeah, uh when we get to the he, kids. Greg
0: is so full because he brought this girl in, he defended her up to the end, and then once he got what he wanted, he's like, Yeah, you can kick her out. Which in that reality, it from her perspective, all she did was go to a party, she tried to show interest in the guests, she enjoyed the food a little bit, she made sure like to use the towels that were provided for her and then she also had like a fun exciting night with this guy she's been dating and he he, the security comes and kicks her out so greg without trying is actually a jerk um but yeah greg has like good good guy syndrome to the point where he's a bad yes uh
1: good guy TM.
0: but he uh but i will say that disgusting brothers is too good it's too good him singing it and whispering it in tom's ear is like, that's a moment that I think we will always, um, yeah, it's like how, rest in peace to uh Desis and Miro, but they used to be the Sucio boys, like, we ha- like we just need somebody to keep that flag going, so I'm happy to have these two people, um, but yeah, so jumping back to the actual first scene in the episode was, we opened with the kids, and I just, again, want to say, like, that house was amazing, like, it, I was just thinking about, like, I know they're renting out someone's house or whatever, but thinking about people who live like that and those like palatial, (sighs) just go back and look at the house y'all. So they're here and they are, there's something so funny that happens in this episode with them and like the parallels of rich people being terrible. Um, But basically the kids are working on the hundred, which is, so Roman's actually doing work, by the way. He's doing it obnoxiously, but he's doing work. Roman is talking to the brand experts about what their website should look like. Now, the the fact he's doing that an hour before the pitch meeting is insane, but okay, he's doing, he's working on that. Kendall comes in, Kendall makes it, makes a big deal. Like basically what happened while we were gone is they made up their own idea of like a website, potentially an app that will have like a hundred of the best minds, best thinkers, scientists. Kendall
1: said it's, it's called meeting. the hundred mm-hmm. and Kendall said it's Substack meets Masterclass meets The Economist <laughs> meets The New Yorker because he always has a line like that every season
0: but where, but once you do economists in new york we're doing too much Kendall. but yeah like, <laughs> yeah exactly which that is well i guess that's the only one that makes sense to me um i'm surprised he didn't say mailchimp but yeah so basically they're like it's 100 of the greatest minds at any given industry but because he says like from ai to food to whatever he just you know he says a bunch of the most random things he could find and apparently what Kendall's been doing this whole time since we broke was going to find investors now I don't know if that's true or not but going to find investors Siobhan is supposed to be I guess she came up with the idea but on the side she's been she took a she took a call she talked about talking to the Jimenez campaign um and they found out so they're calling her on it and so we had this moment with them where they're all trying to see how they're trying to re assess if everyone's in on it and Roman's the one who's like y'all we're literally brand like it's branded like we have investors this is what we're doing um and the, and like the we don't have time to play the whole episode but the the dialogue between them of them like walking themselves back on it and the double speak is insane like as they kind of talk themselves out of it so basically well before they, that happened
1: they mm-hmm. shiv got a call from Tom oh yeah and and Tom basically that's oh, when Tom told her. Me. Yeah, that's when Tom tells us she's with Naomi, and then Shiv comes calls comes back, and she's completely flustered, mm-hmm. like she's just like clearly like fucked up, and she's like, and then they tell the guys that they're like supposed to be t- pitching to, like, hey, tell them we need like we need some time, like to get our shit yeah, together. Yeah,
0: so so the context is that they're they're at that house. They're pitching the brand to some bigwigs who just got off a long plane ride.
1: Investors, yeah. Yeah,
0: investors. And they get they just got, so they're just outside and they tell them, give us two minutes because they want to tend to Shabbat. So that's the first thing that does make some kind of sense to actually say, are you okay? Because I would not, there's no reason to force her to do a pitch when she's like shaking. And she keeps saying she's fine. She's clearly not fine. Everything mm-hmm. after this is, they're an asshole territory. They really are. So, because like the guy who works with them is like, let's be really aware of like, they just got this flight. They're tired. They just want to get this done. Um, and they're like, hold on. This is a family matter. So she tells, she tells them. So at first we, and this is how we find out they have a separation. Cause Tom, what mm-hmm. Tom said on the clip is happened later. Um, Apparently he's able to see people. So he called her in case the news came out, but like you kind of peeped, he was really also giving her a heads up. So that's when it's, they start, they start calculating that, um, that Waystar is buying. Is, well, it, what
1: happened was yeah. uh, Kendall is on social media, because remember last season, mm-hmm. he, he fancies himself this big social media mogul, mm-hmm. and he says uh, that um, one of the Pierce's, one of the Pierce cousins, I forget Bun Pierce, I think her name was, was at just posted on Instagram at Logan's party. And so they're like, why is Bun Pierce at Logan's party? And then they kind of put two and two together, and they're like, oh, that's his next oh, move. He's trying to other, buy Pierce.
0: The other thing is the Gojo sale come happens in two days.
1: Yeah, 48 hours the Gojo so sale goes it, through.
0: Which by the way is not gonna happen. So it, I can it's not happening. I can tell you right now, there's too much build-up to it. Um and there's too much of like Logan about to do this and then pulling out. We'll see. But I would we not be surprised if like they build up to it for it to not happen. Um, but yeah, they're gonna sell and they're gonna spin off. They're potentially going like this is what they're all guessing, but they're potentially going to spin off what ATN and pick up Pierce, or is it? Am I getting that wrong?
1: Well, no, ATN is Logan's company, like Fox News. Pierce is Nan Pierce, it's like right, the rival. Right. Are they
0: not? Is Waystar not spinning off ATN? I thought they were like selling that off.
1: That's them. what. Well, that. Well, no. The so they're selling Waystar to Gojo. Yeah, the right, whole entity. Lucas, Madsen. and so the kids are. Guessing that what Logan wants to do is sell that cash out and then just take over Pierce and make that the new ATN, right? That's okay. what the kids think that he wants to do, but oh, they didn't I like confirm that
0: buying it as a part of the Waystar portfolio and then spinning that off, which doesn't no. make much sense, okay? So, yeah, that he was sell, so. The <laughs> Gojo
1: deal is pretty much done in their opinion, in their mind. They're like, oh, so 48 hours is and be they're done and they're counting I...
0: their they're counting their proceeds from that sale for their stock, yes, by the way,
1: because they can liquidate they can liquidate their five percent of the mm-hmm. company on the sale if they give their resignation and that'll give them about three two three four billion dollars something around there
0: each yeah um, so, they, um, so, so they no not they,
1: each they, total that's the key to this so like uh, when they kept asking if they had the money they got to get other investors they mentioned that they got to go into a group. Because the three million that they talk about is between the three. It's three million, not three million 3
0: each. Billion, right?
1: it would be three billion, right? Three billion, yeah. It's three billion between all the, the siblings, so each not a each.
0: Billy.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so, so they,
0: they start strategizing hard for it, but like immediately because what's, what's most important to me here is Roman is like, look, y'all help me break out of the grass with dad. We're here. We're having this family moment. Let's execute let's follow through we're literally we have the deck ready and you see Kendall and Siobhan kind of do that like older sibling thing where they start bouncing off each other like eventually Siobhan's is like "Mm -hmm, maybe fuck the hundred like she just completely turns on her own idea and they start just throwing out like oh if dad's gonna do this maybe we should get involved maybe we can buy Pierce and it's like at a higher at a higher level like this is really unhealthy because they're trying to enter back into something that, that like at least roman fought very hard to like break because you know like logan has mind control on roman and so for him to be like i'm trying to do my own thing i, I was just like affected by how much this is. i really feel like this is gonna be a relapse for logan i mean for for Kendall, uh, for roman he's gonna go through so much get, get dealing with his dad again <clears throat> and the older siblings don't care they like they want to do this they want to get involved with logan again but I just feel like it's not healthy because Roman keeps saying, are you guys sure? Why do you want to f- stick it to dad? Like, can we just move on? And and Logan says um, later, Kendall says, I'm so sorry. Kendall says later, like, well, kind of want to be fun to like piss them off, basically. So they compl- But from a
1: business perspective. I mean, this is how I feel. They are. None of them are good at like the the only thing that they're possibly good at is what they already know. Shiv knows politics at least that's what we're taught that's what we're led to believe that she has an understanding of politics kendall may not be the leader but when we first meet kendall he was like running shit and the company was like doing okay like when logan was fucked up when we first meet him so like he was he was doing okay as like an underlying like suit like c-suite but not the ceo but like in the c-suite you know executive vice president vice president we're like Kendall was like good at that. And if you remember, Roman wasn't doing shit exactly. because he, he kept fucking up. He didn't even want to go to management class. Like he didn't know how to do anything. But I don't each even of them think only... management
0: class was offered. I think, well, maybe, but he was just like No,
1: remember he went to that management class and he met the dude, the little Right. Black no, dude? That,
0: that was what changed his trajectory. Yeah. I'm saying Jerry like, put in the him on that, yeah. he didn't have any, he was so angry. Like he didn't have any reason to, no one saw him. So he was definitely yeah. having like he was almost having like a middle child syndrome, which is crazy because maybe, but um, yeah, I, re- I mean, that's what's so cool about this transition. Cause as you just mentioned, Kendall was named the next successor and he, mm-hmm. and, and Logan stashed it back. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I think that's why. But I was,
1: I, I was okay. going to say they, I don't think that they're that smart. So like, that like, I don't think they would have any chance to succeed in starting their own shit. And I think that Kendall and Shiv de- know that. They're like, yeah, this is a good idea, but we can't do that shit. And so why not get this thing that's already ready made for us? Like it's already a successful company. It's already have all the relationships and all the reach and the funding. And all we have to do is just take it over and we get to fuck dad at the same time. So it's it's that lazy rich kid thing. It's like, I don't have to put in the work. I can just get what the work someone else put in. And then I just can just be in charge and I get to like needle my father who pissed us off for like, let, not letting us get his shit.
0: Yeah. I just, but my thought process is if they can't run the hundred, they can't run peer either. Like I think they think they can, but my whole thing is what Roman is about to do is the only thing that makes sense. If you are that freaking rich, you try to do something good with that money or start your own thing, knowing your dad paid for it. That's fine. But you do like actually try to entrepreneur on your own if you if so to avoid nepotism like the only healthy option for them is to start their own thing that does actually help the community isn't conservative news just like spreading conspiracies like does engage communities and use all the social media and all that so roman is like doing the right thing in a sense yeah it could fail but they're gonna fail forward into more m- money like they're not gonna bankrupt themselves off of this so it's like that's how you learn is by launching something, learning and trying. Like that would be the actual thing that would bond them and potentially if they were healthy enough and actually get them to have their own name. But they don't actually want their own name, like you said. They do want to well, be lazy yeah. rich kids. So that's but just, what I'm just pointing out is Roman was ready to do the work.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they all were. I don't think and so. I, that's the no, thing. I, think I don't they, think they all were. Well, I think they all were because Kendall mentioned something about like flying around the country to get these investors, the world to get these investors. Like apparently the investors that were there, they were pitching to were people that Kendall found
0: right, and got them to come. Right, but about Kendall's investment calls before, how he would walk into a room and be like, okay, guys, I'm not going to bullshit you. It ruined the whole Well, that was meeting. him getting
1: the pitch, but they mentioned that he's the one that got the investors there for them to pitch to. So sure. like Kendall was doing some work to get this thing up and running. But I think what happened was what you said, they heard this opportunity, and they what Roman said was 100% correct. He's like, y'all just want to fuck Dad. He's like, you want to fuck Tom, and you want to fuck Dad, and I want to do my own shit, like you just said. But then Kendall's trying to sell it. This is such a great line, too. He says, Shiv... because You got to think about it. So Pierce's brand is basically... is kind of like... It's like NBC Universal, right? So you got like... They have like newspapers and they have like some entertainment. And then they have like a news channel and it's like, you know, left-leaning. It's not a progressive news channel, but it's like left-leaning news, like MSNBC. And so (laughs) Kendall goes, Shiv is the yummy dummy Demi. (laughs) And then he goes, my profile is the fearless fighter of the good fight. And Roman is the dirty little fucker pushing filth buttons. That is a perfect, I mean, not the Kendall part. This is how, but this is, I thought this was such a great line because Kendall is so, he has a really good grasp on things outside of him and has no self awareness at all. Because, like, that is a perfect description of Roman and Shiv in the complete not description of him. He had, like, he has no self awareness at all about who he is or what he is. Uh, and so I thought that was, I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah. And then, and then Shiv said, another good line, because I'm to point out some of these lines. And then Shiv says, you know, because they're still trying to, like, talk Roman into it. And Shiv says, we need to strike now because Kendall might go on a killing spree at a 7-Eleven and, and you might get your dick chopped off by an AI jerk machine. That's also a great description because Kendall does seem like someone who might, like, snap and go shoot up a store. And Roman we know Roman has sex issues. He absolutely probably would get a sex robot to fuck. 1000% he would get a sex robot. So like I thought those lines were like fantastic lines.
0: Yeah, I mean there's there's definitely some more like intimacy they're building and that like the the level of insult is a lot more is a lot less to hurt and a lot more to like bond with each other. Yes. But um but I still stand by I don't think that Kendall I think Kendall and Siobhan would have done it because they had nothing else to do. I don't think that they're as they were as fired up though about their own thing as they are about something that puts them back in their dad's orbit. To be really honest with you, because Roman, I think is again, I'm just my my concern this whole season is that they're gonna they're gonna put Roman back in there. He's not ready to be back in that orbit. That's all I'm concerned about. Well, they
1: said to Roman, you're right. They said to Roman, hey, are you just scared of conflict? And he kind of did that face.
0: But Where's I don't like- know. And that, but that's where I think it's inaccurate. It's not conflict. He's dealt with being yelled at, conflict, and all that stuff. It's it's like this codependent, unhealthy relationship. I'm really seeing it from that lens of like, this is not a healthy dynamic for him. And he's going to get pulled into it. And it's not going to be easy for him to fight. Like when they show the preview again, the the, penult- the ultimate episode of season three. Logan goes, singles him out and says, trust me. And he thinks, he thinks about it as they're about to the full coup. He double, he thinks like, can I trust my dad? Even in that moment, he would have turned. So he's, clear. I just don't think he's going to, I think that they're going to mess him up when he was on the right track. That's all. So uh, but the funny thing is, the irony of this is, like, they never, the investors who came that Kendall worked work so hard, quote unquote, to come get, they never speak to. They just kind of, like, keep pushing them off, keep pushing yeah. them off, and then leave. And they just and, leave. <laughs> yeah, and that to me was, I was like, see, this is when they mess, this is when they as kids, right, when we think about kids versus Logan, their karma goes down a notch, because I'm like, all right, y'all are not going to get this figured out if y'all keep chasing instead of doing the right thing, like, and building your own, but okay. So what the irony to jump to is that they, um, so Siobhan has always had this relationship with the Pierce's, even though Kendall has that weird Ooh. thing with Naomi. And so when she, she talks to Nan and she's like, okay, Nan is saying she feels very terrible, but like, she doesn't want to entertain anyone else. They already have a preferred bitter meaning Logan, but also how soon can you be here? So the kids go and jump on the um, private plane. And as that happens, that's when Carrie calls and asks if to talk to their dad and they talk to her about like blowing him and that they're not interested which is kind of mean but we do find out later that um and i think in the previous, is it mean to not say happy birthday to your father no matter what i
1: mean did you see what he just did to them he basically just fucked them.
0: <laughs> I me mean, be fair but yeah i mean you're right but like that's i you're
1: right. Repeatedly, like, after stringing them along for two years, but they've done—they've all them.
0: done stuff to each other. So it's like, like when I look back at the the letter that siobhan sent about Kendall, like they've all hurt each other, and they find a way to forgive. So I, I just—I don't know. Look, you're right—that the teachers don't. But the—it was just funny how she tried to negotiate with them to communicate with him. But we do find out later that Roman did text him and say happy birthday. So that does come up later yes. think, the So anyway. Um, they go to Nan's and they get there and they only meets them at the door and she goes, "Hey, Nan has a migraine. Can you guys hang out and see if she's right?" So now we're like, oh, Nan's playing playing Logan games, but like Logan level games, but in a female who had to make it in in this industry type of way like she's yeah, she's
1: like, way smarter than them yeah
0: she and she's falling on the on the like southern bell. Type, oh, I'm so sorry. I need I need to lay on my fanning couch while she's out there counting billions, really. So um while they're outside being humble, it's like I love the instant karma uh they just slept they just had somebody waiting on them and now they're sitting there waiting while Nan starts calling Logan to let him know he's now in a bidding war.
1: Well, Nan was playing both of them. Nan's oh, playing sure. Nan's playing both sides because she's smart she's also smarter than Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's smarter than both of them, but Logan is smart. Like, the one thing I can say about Logan is he's he is actually smart. Because we did find out that, like, Logan didn't grow up rich. Like, he grew up broke in Ireland. And so he did kind of make something of himself. Even though he didn't, like, obviously he didn't just hard work his way into billions. But he didn't make himself into a successful person. He's smart, like, unlike the other ones. And so Nan is playing both sides.
0: And yeah, she, Nan's not new to this. Like, she's her own media mogul. We just see her. I'm just saying, like she gets the Colonel Sanders effect of like, oh, I'm so southern yeah, and so southern whatever. Realm. But she but she's definitely here with them. And you and I that's all I want to say is like even her writing, I don't remember her being this like like duplicitous before, but it's so like from the outside looking in, it's so clear what the headache is a metaphor for. Like she's actually again calling Logan to tell him, Hey, you're in a bidding war. You thought you had us, we're not. What are you gonna do now? So she's already like. Using well, remember. That, yeah, go
1: ahead. Well, remember this is the second time, because <clears throat> Logan was supposed to buy them when they all met up at that lo- the cabin oh, and yeah. all that shit, mm-hmm. and he was supposed to buy them that time. And remember, Nan's like right hand woman ended up like fucking Logan, and she named her. He named her the, the like CEO <gasps> yes. in waiting. That was Nan's like right hand woman. Like oh, it was God, supposed God. to happen before, and then Nan backed out because she's just like. You're too fucked up. Like I can't do this. But apparently, like some time has passed and they're just really like just trying to get out of it. Like they're just like, like they yeah, said, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Like, no
0: more. yeah, it's also a different political climate. They don't like yeah. they're not they're not having the same like level of staunch supporters. They're they mm-hmm. like they're not really in it to for the cause. There's in it to do news. They're older, they don't care, they're all rich, they're good. So I want to play um some of Nan because I really thought this is this is the performance that really got me.
3: Do your ways, and and God be willing.
0: Okay, sorry, that's an Greg. Well, hello,
4: <laughs> welcome. Apologies for the kerfluffle. I have an appalling migraine, but I can manage. How are you all? More importantly, great, good, great to see you, and it's a lovely place. Ah, yeah. It would seem that they shred hundred-dollar notes for fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how are you all faring in terms of your father? Uh, we're fine. It's just a
0: complicated, private situation. Whereby we all hate him.
4: <laughs> well, look. please, sit. No. Look, as you probably know, we are talking with our bankers, and we have a whole number of very interesting proposals to consider. Lies. And I think it's all wrapped up. So I wanted to say thank you for coming, but I think it's just a little bit too late. We have a preferred bidder, so.
0: By the way, what, what Kendall does here is how you know he's not completely out of the game and out of the running. Like he, They're all using their own savvy here. Roman's kind of taking the back seat, but I appreciate that Kendall's actually pulling his way here.
4: I hope that I have not inconvenienced you. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, lovely visit. Great to see you guys. <laughs> no, really, I'm, I am very sorry. May I offer you some bottles? They might as well be jars of jam to me, but the connoisseurs seem to like them. I fear I have peasant taste.
0: Being
2: You don't want to just hear the offer?
4: I got a taste for Épère Marché Ordinaire when I was 19 years old, and I have never been able to shake it. I like my wine thin and vinegary. Like her men. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, me. no, but really, I fear it is a trip made in vain. The other offer is just too good.
2: Listen, long story short, man, you called this right before. Yeah. Logan wants to take your company and fuck it. He loathes you and he wants to take your properties and roll them in the dirt. And we wouldn't do that.
0: Like, I think that after this election, we all, as a country, could be in a very bad place and i could we would maintain your values
4: that's all good and well but obviously with one thing and another we have a responsibility to get the best possible deal for my family and the other shareholders
0: i'm confident that we There's can be competitive
4: on price what with jamie's divorce and Anne's disaster in maine this place how's your financing not that i understand at all
2: it's robust Tell us and our team can talk to your people.
4: And in terms of your futures? Well, we've written our resignation letters and the Gojo deal
0: signs in 48 hours.
4: Nevertheless, you'd still be married to the head of ATN. That's a bit messy.
0: I'm getting a divorce, so.
4: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, it's a sad, sad day when love dies. Listen, this um, this is very confusing. And I don't want to talk numbers. It's not about
2: the numbers. Totally, totally. Shall we just say our number though? Just <laughs> see if that makes any sense. Oh, I don't like this.
4: Makes me feel like I'm in the middle of a bidding war. She literally is. Horrible. Different people saying different numbers, eight, nine. What's next?
0: Hell, you know, so confusing. What comes after nine? 9b that was (laughs) that 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 was one of my favorite lines of the whole episode like because um Roman is just there he's not interested he's like bro you want a number just say the number but he knows that he can't come in like that so he's just gonna play it cool Kendall's coming in like well I can tell what you really want so I'm just gonna do it um, and Siobhan is there, like, kind of push the whole, like, we got you, girl, kind of thing. So they're really working well as a team. And Roman is even doing his part by not being super vocal. Um,
1: but Nan, what she does is yeah, she separates right. them. She separates them and then creates tension, right? It's like that. It's like the waiting game, right? And the waiting game, when you're trying to do something, always makes you anxious. And she knows this. Mm-hmm. And she knows and she knows the kids. And she knows that they're stupid in terms of like this type of stuff she like she knows that like she has some respect for shiv for a while and that kind of dissipated yeah but at last meeting and so now she don't even i mean she has a relationship with shiv but she don't respect her like she used to because if you remember she wanted shiv to leave her dad and come be like the president under her at, at the pierce network like she wanted her to do that uh, so she used to really have respect for Shiv. And then now it's just like, oh, these people are idiots. And so if I get them to go out there and I just play them like this, I'll get them to just bet against themselves. Because in reality, if we go back to like the party, Roman is out here talking about... <laughs> Roman. Okay, hold on. Before we talk about that part, when this matches up, there was a scene that was incredibly hilarious, but also very sad for logan logan is sitting around and he goes like what happened to people telling fucking jokes like what's going on around here oh my god and he's like tell me some jokes carl frank tom someone tell me a fucking joke and this he is clearly
0: me, which is a very much a trick a trap
1: this was and also this is clearly they're missing his kids because all the kids do is mm. roast each other. Like every yeah. everywhere they go whenever they're together. So he I think he gets a kick out of that. And he's like, Someone tell some jokes. Mm. And he's like, What you
0: think I can't handle it? Yeah. And, it's also Carl, did you ever see the Family Guy episode where Peter says he wants to be roasted and then they do a roast and he literally cries and it's like, Why else on me? Yeah, that was what that was giving.
1: <laughs> but the but the thing is, Logan, I think they were just everyone's so scared of Logan. Right. So so Carl's just like Hey, you're a tough, you're a tough nut. <laughs> Which is the worst. And then Frank's like, I don't do jokes. And they are like, like, uh, gonna mess with that. Greg. Like, what about you, Greg? And then he's like, you're Greg mean. says like something like you're mean. He's like, and then Tom, so Logan was like, do something, say something. He was like, Your kids don't love you. <laughs> and then he's like, Where are your kids? Where are your kids? And then Logan goes, Where's your old man? <laughs> he's like, Where's your old man? Is he out? Is he still sucking dick at the county fair? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that about? Like, what is that? Is this something we don't know about Greg's dad? That's why his dad was never on the board. <laughs> like, what is going on here? And then, and then after that, and this has to be the name of our episode. He says, "Who wants to smell Greg's finger?" Which is the best line. <laughs> I don't. So funny. He goes, who wants to smell Greg's finger? <laughs> and I was dying. I was like, I cannot believe he just said that.
0: <laughs> I mean, he will he's cutthroat, but it's like the thing was, yeah, like yeah, I mean, you picked up on it and I didn't. Like he wanted the banter, he wanted to go back and forth, and then he was ready for Greg and Greg was not ready. Greg tried, but Greg didn't have the intention to actually like do the dozens with him. He was like, Oh, like, okay. So yeah, he. Logan went for the jugular and, um, you know, he raised those kids to be like him. So nobody else is going to come in this environment and like be that comfortable besides his mm-hmm. literal flesh and blood. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, I, yeah, I think that was a, a good call. And, um, the last thing I'll say about like, going back to the Nan thing is just like, like you said, she does work them. Like she's finessing. She's very much finessing. Um, so while, while, while Logan and them are in that meeting like Tom starts calling Nan and Logan does something he's going to regret, which is he lowballs the offer. because um, he, he did that he, before. Right. and he same thing that happened before. He knows something's going on, but he thinks, like he knows they're there, basically. That starts to come out. Um, they, He's basically like asking Tom and even though he knows they're there, he thinks they're not willing to put up all their money. He doesn't think they're willing to put up all the money they're about to get from the sale on it. So he lowballs at six something. And literally yeah, that's... Bill. That's enough for them to be out, right? So then, the kids are are overestimating them, and they come to her with like eight point five. What they do? Well, like they 8. no,
1: they had already told her eight, right. and then Logan says six. But what what Nan did was she had Naomi go talk to the kids and say, "Hey, we're
0: thinking
1: you know, about can, can you warm that offer up a little bit? Like, even though she knows that the offer is already higher." Right. And and they're so stupid that they can't figure it out. But here's the thing: this is how they're stupid. They know their father. The last time they were in the room with him when they were doing this, he lowballed the fuck out of people because he remember he originally lowballed Nan. And then he lowballed Gojo when he was talking mm-hmm. to Gojo. He tried to give a low like a a, a fucked up offer. Mm-hmm. That's what he does, right? Yeah. He lowballs people, so they should have known Logan is going to lowball her. So we should stay firm at our eight because there's there's no way he's going to offer what it's worth.
0: But that's why I think they weren't really serious about the hundred because they were like, we're going to throw all of our money, all of our futures into this, this acquisition. Instead of saying, this is our number. We cannot afford it beyond that. Don't keep calling him and asking for more money. We're going to walk. If she doesn't, if she wants to let dad buy it and ruin it, turn it, burn it to the ground for seven mil, let her do that. Like instead of having standards, they talk each other up into 10, they go into a conversation ending position and that's fine, but I'm like, where y'all gonna get 10 billion y'all don't have 10 billion So they're leveraging a lot of stuff to do this to kind of get to, and this is where it gets un, uncomfortable and unhealthy because now you're over leveraged trying to beat your dad and he he has that money in some kind of way y'all do not. So it's like, there's, they're really putting all their eggs in this basket and also all their eggs in the sale basket, which again, hopefully does go through, but it's like, it's a risky thing. So they keep calling well, the banker trying to get the the it, money up and the banker's like, I guess 10, but he's excited because he's going to get more money from managing. Well, himself.
1: what Kendall says is we got to get a group, we got a group up and, you know, we have some investors and <laughs> he says, we got some assholes and we got some other terrible people that we can get to invest, which is so true. And mm-hmm um and so he's getting it but you know what they're doing is like a a strong business move if you got the money and if you're trying to end something but like they but that's what you do when you don't know the other side right like when you have no inside information this entire time they're calling like they call tom and tom's trying to figure out his max at that point they should have known logan is not going up that high because if he was tom wouldn't be asking you where y'all are trying to go like mm-hmm. they should have known that, but they're stupid. They're, yeah. they're not smart. They're not, in they're,
0: this. It, no, it's also an emotional thing. They, within yes. a matter of hours, want to spend 10 bill. By the way, Roman, again, this is my guy. He goes, how much is it worth? And the banker goes, "Whatever you're willing to pay for it. That's not how valuation works, buddy. Like there's actually a number out there somewhere. So you can say that number and then say, but the bid is this. But you can actually have. So they went in Mm -hmm. completely under research with no actual leverage. They have no leverage. They have no power to say, we actually know this number. We're not going to go beyond that. And then they're trying to like you said, they're trying to play the game with their dad without actually realizing that like he's not he when he set the sale up, he wasn't thinking about y'all. He's thinking about his bottom line. So he's not willing to screw up. He's never been willing to screw up his bottom line and teach y'all a lesson ever.
1: Um, well, Nan knew from the start that they were going to get her, get them, because the whole plan was, "Hey, we'll bring you out here, like, oh, we're about to we're about to close the deal, but you can come." That's basic. And if they come, once they got on the plane to come, she knew she had them because they weren't going to fly all the way out there last minute and not close the deal. So at that point, they were already putting themselves at a disadvantage, exactly because. They were they basically said we're desperate. I'll take whatever the fuck you can give me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so here's what I think though. Um, actually we'll get to predictions at the end. Um, so basically, uh Nan ends up calling Logan and saying, Hey, you know, we're good on our bidder. You don't need to make any more offers. And uh Tom calls. Shiv was like, "Hey, Logan has a message for you," and Logan says, "Congrats on saying the biggest fucking number." He fucking morons and just walks away because he's. I mean, he's absolutely right. Yeah, they just said a big number out of emotion to fuck over their dad, which is some real rich. This is some real fucked up rich people for shit. Sure. Like we're in the. I'm just, I'm just gonna spend ten billion dollars to needle my father, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so they kind of yeah, like.
0: Should the older kids, are like, "Got him. Um, we got the reaction we wanted." And for if you watch, so Roman was like, "He's right." Like Roman, it kind of yeah. because Roman was already like, "That's five hundred. We we are doing too much, right?" But um, but he sees that they enjoy it. So he's like, I guess you guys are right. But Roman wasn't in it to get that re- He loves his father. He's not in it to get that reaction from, from him. So. If they
1: could have got it for a six or seven bill, I think Roman would have been okay. He'd have been like, okay, like I see I see y'all vision. But once, I that think Roman, overpaid. yeah, Roman knows that he's overpaid and he knows that this is not the smart thing to do and that y'all are just doing it to get back at dad. Yeah.
0: And they've overpaid in a way that could actually be an issue they didn't overpay a little bit they overpaid to the tune of extra billions where in like there's so many there's so many things contingent on this deal now like the more assholes and all that so yeah um logan's obviously upset we have i think that's pretty much most of it um
1: i'm well, no, upset the next, yeah the next part is shiv and tom
0: right but i'm saying that's oh. kind of most that's like the two those two stories leading up yeah. so we have, like, the initial conflict. We'll see what happens. Um, so then, yeah, Siobhan comes home. So, as we said, she's been separated from Tom. I guess she's been living in other places. She comes home to get more suits and or clothes or whatever. And when she comes in, the dog doesn't recognize her, which I'm like, that's kind of crazy because I feel like dogs recognize you for a long time, but they're trying to... That means she point.
1: probably wasn't spending much time with the dog. Yeah, she was I don't... There. She
0: was never a dog lady, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. But she's, like... She, she, she's basically like, ain't this my house? And the dog's like girl you don't feed me so tom comes and he's like hey and tom's happy to see her because he still loves her um and this scene like really was like it was i was upset for tom i know some people are like yeah siobhan you're free but i'm like he this i really felt like by season three he was doing what he had to do hold on
1: who's on who's on ship's side twitter how is twitter on Shift's side (laughs) she's been <laughs> no, fucked up to him for three years that's over like- and over and over and over it's toxic
0: femininity she was
1: already fucking other people then mm-hmm. she convinced Tom to have an open relationship so she could continue fucking mm-hmm. other people and
0: then she's in her feelings when he goes on a date
1: yeah when, she go- when he goes on a date she's I in know. her feelings she she ignores him she mm-hmm. belittles him
0: mm-hmm. she He's encouraged to make- him to go to jail for stuff he didn't do she was like I you might him to, been- go to jail." Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then and then they're they're fucking and in the middle of fucking she tells him I don't fucking love you. You love me, but I don't fucking need you and I just do this because I can because I basically because I got power over you True. because of my name and my money and my dad and you need this job and you need this life and I if you if I leave you you got nothing essentially is what she pulled on him. And yeah. then Tom did one thing to stand up for himself finally, mm-hmm.
0: and even then he
1: still, yeah. And then she's just like, I, "I." The thing with Shiv here is this is I love how they did this because Shiv's role is usually a man's role in a TV show. It's usually like the man, like the man is the breadwinner, the man is the one that's value and mm-hmm. power over the woman. And Shiv's whole thing is not even—I don't even i do not even think it's that she was betrayed. I think that she lost her grip, her power over time, because this in the earlier conversation when he's like, "I had a I had a meeting with Nan, and you know I did this and I did that," and then she's like, "Well, what are you about to do?" She's like, "Okay, that's enough shit. Bye." Just hangs up. Like she just That's what sent her off the deep end in the first meeting with the kids. Mm-hmm. She lost her grip of power over time. She doesn't have the power anymore. And she can't handle that. She cannot be in the power. She can't handle not being in a position of power. And I think that comes from her growing up as the woman with two other brothers and her dad and fighting for power. And Mm -hmm. so, like, Tom was like, I finally got a power over a man in my life. And now she lost that grip.
0: Yeah, as giving um Beth from uh, Yellowstone, it's like the overcompensation because you were the girl in this male-dominated place. And mm-hmm. again, like, I'm not upset about the character and how they're developing her. It's just like, yeah, that's why she didn't marry somebody from her same neck of the woods, because she wouldn't have that power. That's why she didn't marry the dude that she used to work with, because she would have, like, almost like, she wouldn't have enough power like, she would have the money power, but she, he wouldn't care about her in his career or, like, need her for anything, so she really took the man who was willing to, like, take her last name <laughs> and get married, you know, so um, she knew what she was doing, and that's why I'm, like, you know, for I, I don't think anything in their marriage was good, even what Tom did, but what also hurt me was she walks in, he's, like, Do you, he's basically, like, can we talk, and he's, like, I just talk, excuse me, I just talk about where you've been, what's going on. And I talk about the separation. Can we talk about everything? Like, he's like, I have an explanation. Would you like to hear my explanation? I want to tell you. And she's like, I don't even want to talk about it. And that to me was like the worst thing she's ever done to him because all he was asking for was a conversation to clear up a marriage that had been years, all this, like, you know, like water under the bridge and all this stuff over the whatever like they have so much baggage and she shuts off the one thing that she says it it would not be healthy good for her so i guess she's she's instilling boundaries but like i don't i do believe there are some instances where you got to push through because of where Mm -hmm. what you have had with that person i think that in a marriage that is not like physically abusive or even like too like you know you should hear him out because y'all need to talk. You have to talk it through, but I'm a big talk it through kind of person. So but it was
1: emotionally mostly abusive and it was her towards him.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. there's, it, it, if if this was like somebody who's like I have to go, this is not healthy for me, that'd be different. But she doesn't want the accountability because she knows yes. no matter what he says about what he did, it's going to refer back to her and how she didn't take care of him. So but, she
1: tried to yada yada. She said, "Well, we both made some mistakes. I don't <laughs> need a whole lot of crying and bullshit. Nothing will change." Then I'm like, "What? Like you yeah. just yada
0: yada over a lot that of shit?" <laughs> that was disgusting. Especially because it's not about. I've had this kind of thing like years ago. I had a friend and we fell out and we hadn't been really close. And like a year later, I was like, we need to talk about it. And when we talked about it, she was like, I don't know why you had to rehash this. Now I feel bad again. I'm like, but it's done now. Like you can't, like, you should not just have these big things happen and you just go, oh, let's move along. Cause that's when you cry in the Walmart for no reason, you know, like you just got to like go through life and process it and figure out how you feel and practice that. So her doing that just showed like her level of damage that we don't like her treating him like that is a sign of damage but her like not even being able to sit with it is or just express herself is crazy. So she goes like I think we've had a good run. I think we're at the end of the road basically and he's just like that makes me sad. And now I was like damn, like she's just telling him it's over and she randomly comes back home for a minute and they have She looked
1: together. a little sad too.
0: She was, but but she, I but this is what I hate on TV. Don't do the harm and then be also crying. Like, if you're sad already, have the conversation. Open the path to healing. Like, actually deal with the feelings if you're sad. Because y'all are both sad and nobody has an outlet. Um,
1: what would you think that, about Tom's line where he said, I can see if I could make love to you?
0: Um, I think That was, was
1: so random to me.
0: He was trying to have goodbye sex. But the thing, and he said it in the same way he talked to Logan he's like trying to negotiate it because he knows that like in a way Mm -hmm. he's like, he's asking for something. Um, and she goes, would you like to? So she's, so he's also kind of giving her a gift at the end. Like, I still, I still desire you. And she's like, no. Um, but that's because she never wanted to be with him in the first place. Like that's not, that's not a parting gift to her. She does. She's not interested in him in that way. I think, and he's like still in love and misses her. She does also do, this is why I think she's actually is toxic and emotionally abusive Cause she talks to him about the models he's been dating or the stuff she's been seeing online, but like, she doesn't want to be with this man. So it's like, why right. are you guilting him about what he's doing for himself when y'all agreed on a separation? Anyway, so, um, they do have like a very, you can tell how much he loves her. Cause he's like, he's like, do you leave or do I leave? And by the way, all jokes aside, I've been living here for six months. You got to go to a hotel. You don't live here no more. You just broke up with me. Like, get out. But she goes, you know, you, I don't mind if you stay here so they awkwardly lay on the bed and they're both sad and he grabs her hand and she lets him and i was like this man loved her better for worse he loved him
1: he did and you got and always got to remember with tom is that they make the way they described it is like tom came from like a middle-class family like his parents probably made like $150,000, like, you know, like he was relatively comfortable, but probably made like $150,000, $170,000 together. Like they lived in the middle class. He probably owned a house. They're from Sioux Falls, Iowa. Like, you know, he's he's from the Midwest middle-class family, but he didn't come from money. Like he did not come from money. And somehow he met this billionaire woman who's also like attractive to him. So, like, I met this woman who's, like, this daughter of a billionaire who I also find attractive, who apparently likes me. Yeah, there's a power dynamic there that usually doesn't exist between woman and man, like, in that way in, like, in like media. There's a power dynamic there. And there's also, like, yeah, he, like, adores her. in like, in the first season... It's like Shiv is his mm-hmm. world. Like I adore, like I adore. Like they're it. married. It,
0: he's married to her. He wants to be with her.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't even like a partnership. It was like it was like I am like here for you type of a thing. Like not like we're partners. It's like like you are my world type of a thing.
0: Well, again, that could be the abuse. Like who you know, like if you flip the genders in the way that we're used to seeing it this is not healthy for tom and i don't get me wrong like there's still patriarchy like he's still a part of a larger system that needs to hold him accountable but in this interpersonal relationship there's a dynamic there that's not healthy for either one of them um so yeah i mean i think you're right like they're flipping it on his head and um kind of giving this interesting position because when you look at like kendall and uh naomi they are equally like status so there's not like there's no right. desperation on either part like they really are like take it or leave it you'll be here even if you get married we'll be here like who cares we both have kids like
1: and privileges we'll can break down when yep. money gets involved right so like exactly. if there's a big enough money disparity it can break down specific privileges especially in an interpersonal yep. relationship yep. um but so like Tom as has always and and to this point like we talked about earlier Tom's whole thing is like I think he's starting to realize, like, if this ends, mm-hmm. what the fuck happens to me? Like, yeah. does Logan get rid of me? Does he? Not, does he, he no longer have like, patience
0: for me? As soon as he don't like the cut of my jib, I'm out of here. Because, because again, the most loyal people to Logan get fired. They
1: and, might then come if he's back, on but
0: they never. Yeah.
1: But here's the thing: if he's on Shiv's side, who quote unquote what we led to believe at the end of this episode is going to be in charge of the Pierce network. And if he's on Logan's bad side and he's in charge of conservative media and conservative circles, if he were to get let go, what the fuck does Tom do? Like his whole career is in this space. And the two people who run this space.
0: The thing about this the thing about this world though is it literally makes it seem like New York City is inside the Waystar building. Like in a healthy environment, Tom could get any job he wants. He's been a VP of XYZ. Yeah, but but yeah. you're but you're missing the key that. point. Uh-huh. No,
1: you're missing the key point. Logan is like Rupert Murdoch, right? You got to think okay. about it like that, right? So okay. like someone that big can like let's let's just take Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump may be a bumbling idiot, but if you got on Donald Trump's bad side, and he did not want you to work in Republican politics anymore, Let's say you were in you were a Republican strategist, so you were in Republican politics. If you got on Donald Trump's bad side, and he did not want you to work in Republican politics anymore, you would not get a job in Republican politics anywhere near a level that you had before,
0: or at all. That's the asterisk because he if he if he thinks that's the lane he's going to stay in, that's a different story than he can get a job that's all i'm saying he can get a job and go have a happy life in a outside of new york all i'm saying is if he thinks yeah like i mean but it's again it's no difference in the ex-wives like going back to housewives if you look at the sonia morgan who was married to like a, a jp morgan child when she got her divorce they gave her however much money they gave her and they bounced and it's like she's she, she She was like a sad example of somebody trying to stay relevant to socialize. I'm sure she was, but like there was this. But that's why they have alimony though. So like you're talking about
1: he could get a job, but like the reason why they have alimony is because you're accustomed to a lifestyle and Mm -hmm. depending on how long you've been in that relationship, like if I'm married to someone 20 years who's a millionaire, like the, the world, the courts, at least the legal system does not expect you to just go live in a one bedroom
0: apartment. Like you're right, but this, but this to wife did not get the alimony she deserved. And it was like, there's okay. there was, there's was, there was, like context to it. I forget. Like she did something wrong or like she left him on a boat or something. It was something like where she messed up. She thought he went cut her off. He cut her off. And she's like okay. trying to, like, she's had like brown ice before. Like it's just, it's like a, if you know Sonya Morgan, then you know, like she's lived foul and been on camera. So long story short is to say, like, that's, what does happen to most women when they fall out of grace or favor or like utility with the rich men that they're with it's a deuces so it is very interesting to see this from his perspective because it makes you think about that situation because we see a man who has a job and wears a suit and it's like oh no he can't be but we just like i feel like we've been socialized to be like oh but why oh no they're out of here they didn't provide as much value they're just they're just the mothers you know so i know but think- i
1: think it's the opposite i think people are accustomed to women getting a bunch of money on divorces because all you do is hear dudes complain about that uh, you know you wasn't with me shooting in the gym like dude people are well aware and accustomed to women getting large settlements or alimony when they get divorced and they complain about it like as she has dudes complain about that shit all the time but right. it's they complain about it because they're accustomed to it they they experience they, like oh that's fucked up but it happens right. all the time they but always get still- that but i don't think people look at men that way Exactly. Right, I don't think people think about men that way. Like, I don't think they think about men married to, like, uh, who was it? Mary Jay's husband, right? Didn't he get a bunch of money when they divorced, right?
0: Either like, her or it was, uh, is it Wendy? You Like, one of them, they, yeah, I think it was. I don't
1: think people, like, those things happen and people are, like, shocked when it happens, right? When, like, Mary J's husband gets a whole bunch of money, they're, like, shocked because they don't, they don't, because of patriarchy, they don't see the man as, like, I need to continue my lifestyle when i break up from the woman right like so i think like i always say patriarchy works in reverse in so many ways to men that they don't even understand uh but like i don't think they see that and so the last thing i'll say about this i want to ask you is shiv mentions to nan when she says hey you're still married to the head of atn that's kind of a conflict of interest and she says i'm gonna get a divorce she says that not worrying about like i gotta give half of my shit to tom i think that tom probably signed a prenup that doesn't give him much at all because she didn't seem worried she's about to come into a billion dollars essentially right so like me and my wife didn't get a prenup if i came into a billion dollars and then we got divorced i'm gonna have to come up off of that Mm -hmm. to her like i'm gonna have to come up off of that to her
0: well i have no doubt does not
1: seem like that yeah
0: i have no doubt that if there isn't a prenup shiv has no problem calling the right lawyers to tear him apart like i just it just is giving like the betty Davis story like she's like Mm -hmm. she's like i'm gonna do what i gotta do like i'm not even worried about it i also think you know she could also hold the paper hold the hold up the proceedings and say she's divorced and she's not and go about her life as she has been while the sale goes through like she like there's Mm -hmm. so much fuckery she can do to tom because she has the power in this situation like he's gonna have lawyers but he's gonna have like never mind let me not let me not bring up current events um but yeah so i think she's 100% like gonna come like you said she's she's not worried about it at all she's not worried about getting back to him she's not worried about nobody telling him before she can like she says it like in the roman it's a shame when love dies which i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) Asshole. <laughs> so, but um, but he said everything right in that episode. So, we, you know, we gave you guys a super sized uh recap of Succession. We, I have a couple things, you know, and with um, We Was Dragons, we did a recap. We tried to remember to do these segments at the end to kind of recap the episode and give some superlatives. So, who in this episode, Brandon was the brokest boy, and it could be any gender. It's just broke boy is like a phrase.
1: Um. It was definitely Roman.
0: It broke. No, I think it was a girl with the purse. <laughs> I,
1: I like... mean, yeah, she was clearly the brokest. Yeah, yes. that,
0: that's why I want to say, like, who's the poorest person we saw in the episode? Um, okay, next. Who's the most privileged person like in behavior and how they act? Oh, Shif. Shif. Okay, I, I hear you. Which rich person would you would you want to eat when we eat the rich on this episode? Um for me, it's Nan. No, I like I fuck with Nan. But the way, uh, no, the way that she was playing that, like, I'm telling you, there's something so triggering about like Southern women acting like they're so delicate, but like actively doing stuff that like get, like that tr- that is so upsetting to me. Yeah, so, but
1: she was doing that to assholes, so like it matters. I think it matters who you're doing it to.
0: Fair. Yeah. Um, like, if I'm an that-
1: asshole to an asshole, am I really being an asshole?
0: Yeah. Well, still, I don't think I have that much discernment. So, who would you eat?
1: uh probably the um probably the banker dude
0: oh yeah he's a, he's because a, he knows whatever they pay he makes more so he's like hey, yeah spend it spend it tell us and tell he gave
1: us. them basic the most big ba- roman goes oh that's where the harvard business degree gets you <laughs> like the most and basic he's not advice
0: wrong. he's not wrong some schools is uh, never mind let me not even so, okay, this is inspired. We added one because of, like, the great gifts we got in this episode. So, again, this is gender-neutral. I'm just going to use a phrase. Which brother is the most disgusting in this week? So, who, who like, did the most, like, ugh, thing for you? Oh, Greg. Greg, yeah. I think, um, is it easily Greg? I think yeah i guess that would be it he was the, i mean
1: he's fingering a girl he just met
0: <laughs> and at, then kicked her out at his uncle's went.
1: birthday party
0: yeah i mean and it also was like kind of a work event you're right i mean you're right and he's more culpable than she is so he is the most disgusting brother on tour
1: although he claims that she grabbed him and that's what right. his story was she grabbed me and took, pulled me into the guest bedroom
0: but again, that's what like, he claims. it sounds like a consensual situation. So he was definitely into it. Yeah, it, it does and, seem like it was consensual. Yeah, he was into it. And he did bring her and didn't really set like clear boundaries or something. Like he just kept like, it was a weird dynamic. Um, but she was also wildin'. Like she like tried to
1: t- <laughs> try to take a picture <laughs> with so Logan. With Roy.
0: Logan is, like that's a woman who can read in no rooms. <laughs> like she walks into the room. It was first case. of all,
1: even if Logan wasn't like right-wing, madman, yeah. mogul. Anyone could look on his face and see, like, hey, he don't look like he want to take any socials with some random.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be po- – what? So he can be on your Instagram? What are you talking – what are you doing, girl? That's like – that's literally like, yeah, I see Rupert Murdoch, and I'm like, let's flick it up. Why, why I guess you if talk-
1: you are on the right-wing side of things, if you got to take a selfie with Rupert, that'd be cool. But – I don't know. I don't
0: think she is. Maybe I she's a right winger. And then the last thing Tom, when Tom was really like going off of her, he was like, she's asking personal questions. And that's what I mean. Like this group of people has a set of dynamics and you got to learn them. Um, but yeah, yeah he, back, said, he
1: said polite society. That's yeah. what he called it.
0: <laughs> You'll never be invited to the opera again. So it was just crazy because you should just be able to buy seats to the opera. That's the whole thing. Um, but this was a great, it, it just, it felt like a very smooth transition back. They didn't try to do too much craziness or shock us or kill anybody in this episode like it was just we we're back we know where we're at we're very caught up the character development has not the characters are not growing a lot but the character development is there and so many things can come from here we know that Matson's coming back because we're doing the sale and then from there we have literally no idea
1: so before we go do you have any predictions for next episode
0: no i i mean my my biggest hunch is like the sale something's gonna go wrong with the sale um because that creates the most conflict and them going through with the sale and then like having trouble managing the business is is less stakes than them like not getting the money and then having a maneuver um but yeah i don't know what about you
1: i think that they need money they need investors
0: mm-hmm. who does,
1: that's what I was going to say who does Kendall always go to when he needs an investor oh, he goes to Sandy and Stewie and I think I don't know I wonder if Sandy's still alive in the show because he was on his last leg last season in the he show Uh so but I think he's going to go to Sandy and Stewie and he's going to have to promise them something to get them to buy in
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't think he's going to tell the other two what he promised Sandy to get him to buy in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're trust. They are trusting Kendall with a lot. Not to say he's not totally trustworthy, but like they are literally being like, okay, you handle all the money. Thank you. And.
1: That's what I thought. No, you just, you just shook something in my head. Mm-hmm. So there's two, there's two names that I was thinking about for the show. One was, does anyone anybody want to smell Greg's finger? Which I think is fantastic. But what you just said were about trusting Kendall. At some point in this episode, he said, "What did he say?" I oh, hold. I wrote it down. He said something like, "I smoked a horse
0: before." Like, what did he say? Oh, I, I think I, he was he was talking about her- he was talking about heroin, right? Is that what that is? He was saying, "I don't do needles." I, <laughs> I think, think I I, like- I wrote it down. He said, "Um," I, he said something about smoking a horse. I mean, he just casually mentioned that he's a he's an an addict. Like he was like, yeah, like, you know, I, ha- I have a I'm a little bit shady. Does that mean tranquilizer? It okay, Z- okay, xylazine is a horse tranquilizer and a large animal sedative mixed with heroin. Uh, is that it? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, smoked, he was.
0: He was. I riddle, smoked
1: I a horse is a wild thing to say. <laughs>
0: Wait, was it in the? It was in the first scene.
1: Yeah, it was in the first scene. But I mean, that's what he said. I wrote it down, but I don't know what it means. He says, "I've smoked horse." Oh, I, I think something. I found it.
0: I think I found it because this because they're like when they're asking Siobhan if she's doing it. He's like, "I need this." Okay, I'm gonna play it real quick.
2: We're two days out from Dad selling. Here's the thing. Here's what you have to understand. I've smoked horse. It's yeah. really he's scared of needles. He's really, not a real junkie. Really dude. fucking mm-hmm. nice, and you know. I need something super fucking absorbing in my life. And if it isn't gonna be this, please just let me know, right? Because I I, I feel like I've been what? flying around the country, having serious fucking conversations with serious people, expending serious personal capital and getting big
1: fucking names on board. Yeah, same. Yeah. What the fuck is I smoked horse?
0: What is that? I really wanna know what that is. It's gonna be heroin bro. and then, Cause being Kendall said, or, you know what i'm saying he says uh you know he doesn't shoot up he's not a real junkie.
1: <laughs> he doesn't use needles he's not a real junkie
0: what's wrong with them bro but he's but kendall was saying i'm an addict you have to direct me towards something or i will go off but like he's that was yeah that was the mo- the only self-aware thing we like that was actually we missed that self-aware moment he's like i need to be super absorbed Fuck my kids <laughs> like
1: i, forgot. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot he had kids
0: <laughs> let's do this i need to iverson <laughs> me... i forgot he got the iverson most, the most iconic moment. i'm telling you when i threw my 30th birthday party last year i named it notorious my initials because of ready like ready to be 30 because of notorious ken ready to die that killed me when he had that party and put that on the fly um anyway this is obviously we enjoyed this they like we took it very seriously in recapping, but it's truly hilarious. Like the dialogue. I love Roman's clips. As long as Roman don't do no weird sex stuff this season, I'm with him. Um, I'm a I'm an incel apologist in this only in this context. Um yeah, that was fun.
1: All right. So yeah, we'll be back next week to recap episode two. If you want to reach back out to the show, I didn't change the email. So yeah, the email is still We Was Dragons Pod. We was dragonspod at gmail.com. It'll be in the show notes. So send us an email for any feedback you have on the show. We'll read and back some
0: emails next episode.
1: Yeah, we'll read back some emails if you send it to us. We'll read it on the show. And if you leave us a five star review, we'll read that on the show as well. So please leave us those reviews. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Bye.